When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome back into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. It is Rapid Reaction. It is brought to you by Byers Auto, and it's the early signing period. I think I'll finally get that correct now, as Ohio State has locked in some signatures, still waiting on one more berm. Uh, Gabe Powers, who has not signed his letter of intent yet, he'll sign that Friday at a school event at Marysville yes, High School. with the host, and the baby. MC will be Ooh, Zach Carpenter. Right over here, so Zach. Bringing it full circle. I Zach hosted his commitment, so I hosted his signing, and we're going to... And knock that baby out of the park. And Are then you he's officiating host, his wedding? He's going to induct uh, him into the Hall man, of Fame actually. down the road. Also, that's Spencer Holbrook. I am Austin Ward. That's the cast out here as we talk about what's a lot going on for Ohio State. What a busy month. My goodness. It's not just uh, signing day on a Wednesday in here. It's uh, The Rose Bowl is still in the periphery, but you have a new coach coming in. You have transfer portal action. Uh, you have coaches trying to get new contracts. Uh, it's enough to make your head spin. Yeah, it's uh, the busiest time of the year, and it's not always fun. Uh, this day is a great day for a lot of kids, 17 new signees, as you said, but there are going to be question marks coming out of this day, not just as far as uh, the Ohio State signing class of 2022, but the big picture of college football, that things that happened outside of here today yeah. on, on the college recruiting front that have put this gray cloud over exactly how this sport is going into the future, and I think it's uh, – one day that is going to have some long-term ramifications. What are you referring to, by the way? Let's be... So Travis Hunter, most folks out there haven't heard of him. Ohio State didn't really recruit him. He's the number one ranked player in the country, according to On3Sports.com. He had been committed to Florida State for two years. That's a long time. He grew up a Florida State fan, mm -hmm. loved Florida State, wanted to go there. Didn't he assemble their entire class? Stuck with the Seminoles through thick and thin while they fired multiple coaches. And, hit, and then today he flipped and signed with Jackson State, becoming the first... Uh, five-star prospect in the history of the internet recruiting era to sign with an FCS school. And who coaches them? Deion Sanders, right. which is the reason why Travis Hunter was a big-time Florida State So Deion is just a great recruiter? Deion is a great recruiter, and Deion had help from oh, okay. BarstoolSports.com, which is uh, reportedly offering to pay Travis Hunter a million dollars to sign and play at Jackson State with Deion Sanders, who is a employee of Barstool Sports, or at least a partner of theirs. Hmm which makes it a very interesting thing. I don't know, maybe there's different rules in FCS, but as Ryan Day alluded to over and over in the signing day press conference here at Ohio State, the schools and coaches cannot go out and seek out these deals for uh, these players. So I'm not sure how that happened, but it happened. Yeah, um, like you said on, on the top of this, Austin, you said there are a lot of things going on and coaches trying to get new contracts. At times right now, it seems like players are as well. Well, they are, yeah. And. Uh, you know, what happened with, you know, whatever you want to say is happening right now at Texas, what happened with the number one player, according to On3Sports, and then what's happening, you know, just across the country. It's it's a new day in recruiting. It's a new day in college football. Um, I'm not sure if any of us would, would be uh, willing to say that we like it um, as far as the direction it's heading. Uh, I have no problem with players, you know, earning money on their name, image, and likeness, but it's just an interesting time right now. And I think Ryan Day really did a good job of trying to illustrate his feelings on it without telling us anything about his feelings on it because he's, he knows he, he can put himself in a bad spot either. Absolutely. No matter what I he think, says, if he know, goes down the wrong path, he's not going to go full 
Dabo, what Dabo said today about players getting paid and how, you know, the sport is in a bad spot. But he also, you can tell, is not at all comfortable with what's going on right now in recruiting. Yeah, and I, I like how a lot of people are saying this is unintended consequence of NIL. And I kind of, I, I mean, I strongly disagree with that. I feel like this is exactly what a lot of people feared, assumed would happen is paying is boosters paying for players. I mean, and making these multi hundreds of thousand dollars, multi-million dollar NIL deals. And it, it does, it scares me a little bit, I guess. Not scares, that's, look, that's the wrong word, but... I fear that it's going to continue, even though I just said last week that on Talking Stuff with Berm, presented by Buyers Auto, that I thought that the market might correct itself because if if you don't, which which, which still might happen, but I feel like in Quinn Ewer's situation where he hasn't played a snap and he's getting multi-million dollar deals, deals, eventually you assume, hope that boosters and whoever else is paying these players that they will eventually learn that an investment in an unproven 18-year-old, no matter how talented they are, is not always the best investment. I, Spencer, you know, phrase it this way, and I, I guess I'm in the minority or maybe an outlier. I prefer it this way, if I'm going to be honest. I, this money that's going into college football didn't appear out of thin air. It has always, always been part of the recruiting process. And to bring it to light and to have some oversight or regulation or however we want to phrase it. Like Texas on Wednesday was an early adapter. They took advantage and you, I, you tip your hat to that. Uh, from here, I, I said, good, let's let all this money that's been going out under the table, let's bring it up here and see how it goes. Everybody else, I guarantee you that Texas having deals for their offensive linemen, that's not going to be the only one of its kind. It already isn't. All of this stuff is going to continue to go into college football. And if that means that the players reap the, the benefits down the road, great. We're gonna have a lot of different conversations about one-time transfers and the exact date that they're signing. But in terms of name, image, and likeness having an impact on college football and changing it, it's gonna change it. But I think a lot of this stuff existed already. And I, I just think that it's better to know why they're making these decisions and then move from there. I know that you three are way more involved in recruiting on a 365 day a year basis, but you also have all heard the stories about McDonald's bags and slush funds that exist elsewhere. Like, No, it, it does make more sense to have the slush funds on the table instead of under the table. I get that. Uh, I was speaking today before Ryan Day's press conference to one of the Ohio State assistants who said, I'm trying to figure out how I can set up a slush fund for my room. <laughs> I mean, that that is what people want to do. And, and now that the blueprint is there, people are going to copycat it because you should copycat it. If one school is doing it, then everyone else is going to do it too. That is the nature of college football. And if you don't see results, then that slush fund might just go away. I think this is a... Oh, then the coach will go away because they will find a coach who can get results with that slush fund because there is no excuse at that point. It, it does. I think that with you, when you talk about what's going on right now, some of these schools that are, it's pretty obvious what's happening, are going to serve almost as a barometer for the market. You know, if, if this all works out and Texas is $50,000 per offensive lineman wins three Joe Moore awards and, uh, you know, that award, that great award. I don't think the Joe Moore award is the award that will bring the money to the school. <laughs> no, but I'm saying the, the offensive line. If those offensive linemen are really good, all first-round draft picks, and they all go to Texas, like, why would you not pay those guys $50,000? Because that means your, your offensive line is going to be good. That means your offense is going to be good. You're going to win games. If it's not good, and you say, wow, we really just wasted $50,000 on that guy? 
maybe they'll think twice about giving every player $50,000. So I just think that some of the stuff is a consequence of the first year of NIL. Mm -hmm. And I think that you'll see it bear itself out. You'll see it play itself out. And it will almost be that barometer that we almost need in this sport right now to figure out exactly where the money is going. Is sure. it going to recruits yeah. or is it going to the guy who's, you know, is it going to CJ Stroud who just put up a Heisman type season and now he gets paid? And I think that's where we're headed. You got to bear down. Yeah. And now, I mean, <laughs> fat dog it. Like Spencer said, we're the newness of this. We're still what's only six months or less into this. And I think that's something Ryan Day addressed during the press conference is we're still kind of figuring all this out and how it affects uh, the um, recruiting game and all that. And I want to make it very clear that I'm not against the players like uh, Travis Hunter getting a million dollars. If I was 17, 18 years old, I would be taking it in a maybe not a heartbeat, but probably a half a heartbeat, yeah. if I'm being honest. I mean, Absolutely. It, I know they're taking the shorter the um uh short the money in the short term instead of i guess maybe going to a place that might not be better for their long-term here, development here's the crazy part, like you're taking both. a million yeah, like we don't yeah, know how long you can, he has to yeah. stay there I mean, like this, that, this that is was the something problem. that so, someone brought up you can go there for a year get your million dollars and then transfer out of the portal and yeah. maybe go get another million and wherever Quinn, you transfer to. was here for for five months and is walking away with multiple million dollar deals that he signed before he got here it wasn't ohio state setting them up for him but he had to to make the move to college to get him. And we could probably spend a whole lot of time on this rapid reaction presented by Byers Auto talking about this stuff. But what we should talk about is the current class of Ohio State signees, not Travis Hunter anymore, not Quinn Ewers. Let's talk okay. these guys. Um, since all three of you are going to clamor to talk about Caden Curry. Yeah, yeah let's go. You, Can knew, you, you know us so well. <laughs> Can you guys talk about somebody other than Caden Curry? Since I believe, I don't did, think did you so. all three I ask about three different people from Letterman Row asked Ryan Day about Caden Curry on signing day in his press conference? I mean, I wasn't one of them. Surprisingly, <laughs> I'm the I, only was, one I, I almost four put of us you, I almost put you into that mix, but it wasn't you. Um, I mean, I, I get 30 seconds on Caden Curry each. Can you do that? I got nothing to say. I've oh, said okay. it all on Caden Curry. Okay, okay. I, I think I've I, written like 20 stories over the okay. past year, so I think I'm good. I think I'm just going to talk about the most underrated player in this class is Keon Grace, the wide receiver. Who I has, thought it was Caden Curry. That's what I was uh, told. Guys, well. Ke no, Keon uh, Grace is the say, one we keep clamoring for. I didn't say he's the most underrated him. player in this class. I said he's the most underrated player in the country. Well, But when you look... So wouldn't that... Wait, no, drill down. Wait, hold on. <laughs> drill hold down. On. That makes him the most underrated player. When you look at we <laughs> the way Brian Hartline develops wide receivers, and then you look at the film and the development path and the skill set of Keon Grace... I think he has a chance to, and I'm not going to compare him to Chris Olave because Chris Olave is the all-time leading touchdown catcher in this building's history, uh, in this program's history. That's a lofty comparison. Sure. Keon Grace has the chance to, uh, you know, be a, not a record setter, but a very, very, very good wide receiver in Brian Hartline's room. I think he has the ability to be an All-American. He is the kind of player that Ohio State looks for at the receiver position. And it's nothing against the other three guys. That receiver room that they're bringing in is absolutely loaded. We could just put this on repeat every year on signing day <laughs> and talk about those guys. But I think Keon Grace has a chance to really make an impact in that room. Okay. And I, I, I want to make it very clear that I was the first president of the Keon Grace fan club mm -hmm. that he's Peached. going to be a terrific Ohio State wide receiver. And he's one of the most underrated receivers in the country, if not the most underrated. And then Spencer impeached me from that presidency. And now he's the president and I'm if I'm lucky I'll be a VP anyway I mean because saw Keon Gray's at the the summer opening and just the way he tracks the ball the way he runs his route so crisp I mean he's not an overall 
burner necessarily, but he still gets open. He's still fast. I just, I think he's uh, overall a complete receiver. I think he's someone who could surprise some people and be an early contributor coming into what's the most loaded, probably still going to be the most loaded receivers room in the country. But real quick, we have an Ohio State class that has Sonny Styles and CJ Hicks as five stars, and we didn't even we didn't open yeah. by mentioning them. It's been twelve minutes. We haven't even mentioned those. Guys. I was just gonna say like, there was a ton of conversation about Sonny Styles in Ryan Day's press conference, and it like I feel like CJ Hicks became just completely overshadowed as one of the highest rated linebackers in the country or defensive players overall. And I think a lot of that is because he's been committed for so, so long. long. And it almost made him seem like he was underrated in this class. I don't know if that's fair or not, but he, I don't know. He hardly came up at all today. Yeah, but that's that the is way it goes, that's yeah. the way of. I mean, every single time someone commits, the the first response I get on Twitter is "Who's next?" Yeah, people don't care. <laughs> well, you know, Sonny Styles committed a month ago and is enrolling early, and that's great. C.J. Hicks, I think it's just really cool. This is why I actually love recruiting because we got to watch C.J. Hicks in the summer of 2019 out here, heading into a sophomore year. An unknown freshman athlete safety down there at uh, Archbishop Kettering, Alter, Archbishop Walter and Kettering, and you're like, man, that kid, he has something. And then you see Jeff Halfley talking to him, and you're like, oh, okay, I was right, that kid does have something. And then a month later, he gets an offer from Ohio State, and you're like, oh damn, I was really right, that kid's got something. <laughs> and then now he's a six foot four, two hundred twenty pound linebacker who's a top ten player in the country, according to everyone. And uh, and not just that, but C.J. Hicks deserves a ton of credit for this class and the leadership he showed from J day one. Uh, he was not the first commitment. He was commitment number two. I mean, we didn't – Jair Brown, the first commitment in the class, the first signee in the class this morning, didn't get mentioned at all today. Yeah. But, you know, Jair is one of these guys that I think it's the same thing. The long-term commitments, kids from Ohio mm -hmm. often get overlooked, and it's unfortunate. I said something in the, in the team room earlier to somebody that – if these defensive guys in this class would have all committed at the same time Caden Curry did, you'd be talking about a historically great defensive class for Ohio State. Instead, since they all committed, Jair Brown committed early, C.J. Hicks, Gabe Powers, uh, you know, the list goes on of these guys who have been committed for a long time on the defensive side. They've been in the class for so long that you kind of forget about them a little bit. If they would have committed yesterday and today, like all the guys in you know down south are committing to these schools, you would feel like Ohio State has every bit of momentum. Instead, they just signed on the, the dotted line well, today. And they lost a five-star cornerback yeah. at the same time. So. But well, think, we should probably talk about that. That's why yeah. I, 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 don't, I wouldn't classify it as historically great. I thought at one point it was trending to be that potentially with you have a five-star in Terrence Brooks, um, who obviously he flipped from Ohio State to Texas this afternoon on – the first day of the early signing period, and you had Xavier Wampa, Zion Branch. Um, you have guys out there, Amari Abor, Hero Canoe, who I know Ohio State's very, I think Ryan Day alluded to it, he couldn't mention them by name, but he was very much uh, confident that of where Ohio State stands with them, that you had all these guys who it looked like, and Jaheim Singletary, five-star corner when he was uh, initially in the class, had all these all this talent that looked like it was going to be in the room and that's why it, you can't help but feel for me personally i can't help but feel disappointed in where they ended up not because of who they brought in but because of who they didn't lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, no, with some of those it's guys. It's a fair argument and people are are certainly going to look at the rating and from a outside perspective you see it's going to be a top six or seven class probably come february when it's all said and done and that's a good class especially considering it's going to be way smaller than every other class in that top 10 uh, almost assuredly uh definitely in the top six or seven and and that is relative to how good each player is individually but xavier wampa was a player ohio state thought they had in the bag for over a year and they lost him to iowa in the, in the last couple of days uh zion branch a top 50 player as Zach alluded to, that's the type of guys that you are changed the course of the class. And Terrence Brooks, who, I mean, again, this is one of those things where in recruiting, you're like, man, something doesn't feel right. I mean, this kid visited here one time. It was a week after he received his offer from Ohio State. He committed 10 days later, never visited again. But there was never any, any real reason to worry. But at that point, you know, it always comes back, Spencer, to what? Comfort in relationships. And, and it's easy to build a relationship when you're three hours away from home. It's easy to feel more comfortable in Texas when you're from Texas. And I think that the fact that Terrence didn't get back to Columbus this uh, fall and get up here and see the atmosphere and be a part of the, the kind of the fortifying of the class, I think was uh, one of these maybe signs that something could potentially flip and that's what happened. So when you guys talk about Brooks and Singletary and know that Cameron Brown and Seven Banks are most likely not going to be back, um, is this a portal situation, or are there names that Ohio State could pursue for February? I think I'll let Berm answer the uh, potential guys that they might pursue. Um, I, his Ryan Day's answer was very telling on the kind of the shock or disappointment of losing Brooks this late in the mm -hmm. cycle. But then he followed up with saying, and it, it felt very genuine and and legitimately enthusiastic that he said, "I love the young guys we have on the roster." He said. I thought we hit a home run last year. I mean, yeah. you have Ja'Kalen Johnson and Jordan Hancock, both freshmen this year, who were both ranked as top five cornerbacks. Both ranked ahead of Denzel Burke. Yeah, and Denzel, yeah, and Denzel Burke. Oh, yeah, I forgot about him, the freshman <laughs> star sensation. So you have those three guys. I think in the immediate term for next year, I think the talent there with Burke on one side and then the budding potential of those guys, I think you're fine. Maybe as we move forward, I, I just think it puts such a – stronger emphasis on the 23 class where they have a bunch of uh, uh, five-star, a couple five-star um, targets there. But Spencer, as far as the immediate. That's all is, him. <laughs> well, obviously Ryan Day talked about the transfer portal. Everyone watching this is already still mad about the fact that Ohio State passed on Elias Brook, or Elias Rick, sorry. Uh, and and it, I guess you can be mad about it or you can just say, this is clear that Ryan Day twice now has talked about it. They have a very strict kind of policy of what they're looking for and for whatever reason Elias Ricks didn't fit it so you can you can find a reason to be mad about it or you can say hey I'm going to trust what the what the program is doing uh, I don't think at this point it's easy to tell who could be the next targets because quite simply there's two more days of signing period to go you don't know who's going to sign and who's not a lot of cases, kids are signing today and not announcing it for, for a few weeks. And so then you're like, okay, am I even allowed to talk to this person? Then yep. you get all these weird tampering rules. Ohio <laughs> State's going to look and see who's available. They are absolutely going to continue to look in the transfer portal. There's no doubt about that. There are good cornerbacks available outside of Elias Ricks. Uh, does, you know, it has to be the perfect fit. And, and, and Ryan Day, 
to the chagrin of a lot of folks, keeps pounding the point. The culture in this locker room is the most important thing for him, and he does not want to do anything to upset that um, if he doesn't absolutely have to. And that's not to say, that's not I know how speak. people will will take that as, you know, oh, they're just listening to the players and making it decide on the players who aren't good enough to play. No, that's not it at all. But at the same time, you do have a locker room to balance, and that's just the reality of it. And do you want to bring a guy in that, that doesn't fit in there and upset the entire, you know, locker room, you know, chemistry balance, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, or do you want to trust who you've recruited in the last two or three cycles? You know, like he said, they, they have admitted that they hit a home run last year. They are really confident in those guys from that 2021 class. You know, why, why do you need to bring in a guy, maybe a depth piece, but if Jordan Hancock is a home run and Jaquelin Johnson is a home run along with, uh, Denzel Burke, that's 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 three home runs in one game. That's a lot. You can't, <laughs> as a as a coach nice. in a program nice. like Ohio State or anywhere else, you can't preach can. commitment and commitment from those guys if you're not willing to give some back. And I know that there still is a obligation to win games and be, put the best roster on the field possible. And I guarantee you, Ohio State is trying to do that, and they're trying to do both those things. Also. Uh, I'd be remiss not to mention that Legend Cavazos played a lot better late in that season, uh, this season, however we want to put it. So, what year the, are we in? Where? Who am I? I know it's very puzzling. Like I? we're talking about all these guys for the future, and and yeah, you're losing two pieces, but he played a lot down the stretch. So even without Ryan Watts, even missing out on two five stars, not pursuing Elias Ricks, it's not as if Ohio State is devoid of talent in the secondary whatsoever. Now I know in September nobody will want to sit here and say, well. Denzel Burke's the only one with experience, and maybe they're going to go through growing pains again. I understand that part as well. I'm not saying in any stretch of the imagination that Ohio State would sit pat if there's another five-star future NFL player in the portal at cornerback that they will not pursue them. They will. This isn't purely about depth. It, this particular guy is not the fit, and it's not a, purely about culture. He's hurt, and he is also someone that has some questions about whether they can keep him on the roster. So that's the situation, and that's, there's no other way to put it. It's not worth the risk. They're not going to take those unnecessarily, and they still have six, seven weeks until February, plus a whole bunch of other people are probably going to be in the portal after spring football because we see that every single year now. Ohio State is a place that 99% of the football players in the country want to be. So it's not as though there's going to be a shortage of opportunities or available players because we are, in essence, in the era of free agency in the transfer portal. I guarantee you there are going to be players who are starting around the country who are going to look at the Ohio State roster and say, hey, maybe I have an opportunity to go play at Ohio State now and put themselves in the portal yeah. and, and reach out and say, hey, is there any opportunity for me there? And if Ohio State says, actually, no, they can just put themselves right back out of the portal. We are entering an unknown world. So dive in, folks. Enjoy it. I think everyone should just live in the portal. Live in the portal, man. <laughs> well, live in the portal. What was what was the? It's a dangerous place to live. Yeah, don't live in there. But but just visit. <laughs> that was frequently. an all timer from just, day. Just spend. <laughs> just visit. You know, don't yeah. live in. It's there. like Toledo, Ohio. You don't really as, want to live there, but sometimes it's nice to go back. As as Bobby Carpenter <laughs> says on Letterman Live, do they feed you and water you? In, in the portal, do you get any nourishment in there? How, do, how, do, how is life in the portal? Yeah, it's not great, as a bunch of people can attest. Let's like, let's thousands. Go. One guy we haven't talked about in the 2022 signing class that signed today that you're excited to see, go. Kai Stokes. Kai Stokes, go. Jair Brown, go. There's this guy from Indiana. I just hear a lot of buzz about him. Uh -huh. 
Caden Curry. We already talked about him. You said so we haven't talked about him. But I didn't talk about him. Okay. I just wanted to be in the club, guys. <laughs> no, you're not welcome. You're not welcome oh, in our club. Can I? We, sure. I think Devin, my serious answer is Devin Brown because you, the future of the quarterback position is still set with Kyle McCord and C.J. Stroud, not in that order. But to, to come in and see what they look like, if he's going to be somebody that you can co- envision competing in the long term and setting up a succession plan, he's going to be the third scholarship quarterback. I know you wanted a quick answer, but that's very important because there's going to be another one the year after. How, how, who do you need to pursue after that to load up the position? C.J. Stroud is going to be gone next year. So generally, we see pretty quickly if these guys have what it takes or if they don't. And what it, we didn't really feel like what we saw from Quinn Ewers meant that he could get ahead of Kyle McCord. That's my opinion. I'm not going to speak for you guys, even though I know I've heard some more things from you. So what, what are we going to see from Devin Brown early? How does he attack that position? He's going to get a lot of reps in the spring. I think that's fascinating. I think the great thing for Devin is that he understands the expectation coming in, and he knows that he's coming in to learn behind C.J. Stroud and Kyle McCord and have an opportunity, not next year, but the year after, to be the number two quarterback at Ohio State, back up Kyle McCord for a year. If Kyle McCord is what we think he's going to be, Devin Brown will be a starter here as his redshirt sophomore season. So you have a really unique opportunity. You wanted to say someone else. Who is it going to be? George Fitzpatrick. Okay. He's an offensive lineman that I'm really excited about. Really athletic, uh, uh, you know, just the way that he moves on the on the field. He's the kind of guy that if you want an athletic, you know, versatile offensive line, uh, get your best five on the field. I think eventually he will be one of the best five. Uh, I, I, he's underrated guy. I think he's even a top 200, but we don't really say his name very often. Uh, I think because he's out in Colorado and you just don't see that very often. But versatile enough to play guard or tackle, I think he'll end up at guard. But I think he's he's athletic enough. He'll get on the field. For me, the one guy we haven't mentioned here is Kenyatta Jackson Jr. I think that early on, I was not always a big fan of his. What I saw on tape, I thought he was a little stiff. As I watched him in his senior year, he's much more athletic this year than he had shown on tape before. Led his team to a state championship in Florida. Gatorade Player of the Year in Florida. Almost 20 sacks at Shamanamadana High School. Big time South Florida Shamanada. The way you said that. Shamanad Madonna. <laughs> Shamanama ding dong. Uh, 20, almost 20 sacks there in big time Division One or Division, oh, I don't know if they do A or one. Is, yeah. The highest level of football in Florida. He's playing against some of the best in the country. And I, I think that he's a guy that we don't talk about a lot. Ohio State's going to have to add to the defensive line. But with Caden Curry and Kenyatta Jackson, that is a really nice starting point. This was not the most rapid reaction yep. that we have ever put together. Uh, brought to you by Byers Auto. It was a lot more talking stuff. But hey, it's signing day. We're going to get through that. We're going to actually be back in this facility on Thursday talking to the current Buckeyes as they get ready for the Rose Bowl. A lot of NFL decisions, uh, opt-out possibilities, and then just you know remaking this roster. We're going to get into all of that uh, tomorrow on a practice report. Uh, but appreciate these guys and their great insert, insight and great work. They, they, I don't know anybody that works any harder. Uh, than these three guys to bring you recruiting information all year round. Spencer Holbrook, Zach Carpenter, and the man, Jeremy Birmingham. I am just Austin Ward. Stay with us for more coverage of the Ohio State Buckeyes at LettermanRow.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.